Hi, welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Lauren Goodall. I am a clinical psychologist, and this is Psychology in Short. Before we start, I'd like to give a shout out to my sponsor, md365access.com. And what that is, is a teledoc service. And it is the way it sounds, access to a doctor, 365-24-7. So from the comfort of your living room, you can have access to board-certified doctors for a monthly fee for you and your dependents. Um, So I also say what's great about it is it takes the weight out of the waiting room. So if you have any interest in that type of service, um, please visit my website at drlaurengoodall.com. Okay, today's topics is boundaries, and I'm going to give a general overview about them. I'm going to talk about the positives, and then I'm going to spend a little bit of time in showing you in what populations do they not work. So, so much of research is about, and you hear people say it constantly, well, you need to set up boundaries Um, that will help you. Okay. All right. So what are boundaries designed around? Well, boundaries are, are based around safety, setting up safety, respect, sort of a checks and balances. Um, And the, you know, it happens in relationships, uh, setting certain boundaries. You know, for instance, you know, if you're in a new relationship or an unmarried relationship or even sometimes a married relationship, keeping your finances separated in your relationship, that's a boundary. And there may be a reason for it. Maybe your partner is a compulsive spender, okay? And you cannot afford to have them go through their accounts and your accounts. That's an example of a boundary that works. Um, Boundaries exist to keep people psychologically healthy. And sometimes, you know, boundaries exist to keep people physically safe. Um, For instance, in the case of uh, domestic violence, you know, um, restraining orders, things like that. Why is there physical distance? Because that is a physical safety factor built in. But there's pages upon pages of research that you can get on how to set up boundaries. Um, You know, if your partner is very emotional, has a lot of emotional tirades, um, you can set up a boundary. You don't have to stay to listen to it. You could set limits, so to speak. The idea of a boundary is being able to identify where your limits are. Okay, some people have a harder time setting up boundaries because there were no boundaries for them while they were growing up. The norm was no boundaries or maybe the norm was chaos. So those people are going to have a harder time setting them up. And what that means is what is a boundary? A boundary is a no factor. It's a we're not going there factor. Um, I will I will go this far. I will meet you this far. But I will not continue to do what we have been doing because it does not work. It is not functional. So so much of what boundaries are about psychologically is a positive thing. 
Um, as I said, we're really, the research pretty much talks about, you know, the safety aspect. For instance, you know, if you own a company, the boss, the CEO, should not be having romantic relationships with any of the workers. Why? Not only is there bias, but there's can also be undue pressure and manipulation once an intimate relationship is set up. That's why so many places don't want to see that kind of thing going on. It's prohibitive because there is a potential for exploitation or manipulation. So in Boundaries also exist to avoid conflicts of interest. You can't hold this position and also use it as a way to make money or what have you. It's like having too many hats, okay? So eventually the hats are going to cross over and now you have conflict of interest and conflict of interest will not be a good thing. Again, boundaries exist to keep a checks and balances. Um, and that's why, of course, like in government, we have checks and balances. We have executive, judicial, all the d different branches, sort of a, not sort of, designed to be a checks and balance system. Um, in businesses, we have um, boundaries that are set up where we try, try, I think the keyword here is try, try to break up monopolies so that competition does exist. So for instance, uh, if, you know, if there's a drive-by of breaking your window, um, I think there was a far side on this, uh, far side cartoon series, the guy who, who uh, the kid who throws the baseball through, through your uh, glass window and shatters it, and then 10 minutes later, um, the truck comes by with Ned's, uh, uh, glass repair service, okay? So it stops the whole idea of conflict of interest, exploitation, things like that, and stopping monopolies. Okay, let's face it, if there's one company for everything, what do you think they're going to be able to do to people? They're going to be able to drive up the prices and extort you, and that is a problem, and that's why monopolies exist. And, you know, keeping... Uh, you know, your relationships separate, you know, from your home life, things like that. Obviously, I think that works better um, in terms of like work space, romantic space, things like that. So boundaries are an effective piece. And basically, it's the ability you know, uh, and I, I think most people understand boundaries, you know, when somebody keeps coming up to, up to you and asking you to do X, Y, Z, and you feel obligated, or they manipulate you into feeling obligated, um, that is a huge factor involved in boundary issues. Um, teaching people to say, it's okay to say no. It's okay to not give a reason. You do not owe everyone a reason. Sometimes, you know, because with some people, if you give them a reason, they will challenge the reason. They'll say, oh, you can't do that. Well, I can help you with that so you could do this. And that isn't the issue. The issue is for whatever reason, you are not available or not willing to do X, Y, or Z. And you have the right to establish that personal boundary. And, of course, uh, in intimate relationships, 
you know, what is a boundary? It's consensual or it's not consensual. So you get the basic gist that boundaries exist on not only the psychological level, uh, but also on the physical level. And they are there to kind of put brakes on and help people feel empowered about their positions and and safe in their positions. Okay, so that's uh, that's about where I'm going to stop with that in the sense that I'm going to say, these are the good parameters of boundaries. Okay, my problem with the concept of boundaries is there is a lot of ignorance out there in the sense that people assume that if something is going wrong in a relationship, it is because the other person failed to set up a boundary. And I would see that frequently um, in working with women who had more emotionally toxic relationships. Um, And they would say, it's not that they were not setting up a boundary. It was that the other person uh, used different manners to gain control or to run over that boundary. So simply saying that boundaries always work, and if it's not working for you, you're not necessarily doing that, well that shows that people really don't understand the intricacies behind boundaries and who respects boundaries and who does not. Just because you set one up doesn't mean the other party is going to respect it. And they don't talk about that much in any of the research. And that is what I call the fail part of discussing boundaries, okay? Um, So what are different, say, clinical profiles of people that don't do well with boundaries. I'm gonna start with the simple and then I'm gonna get more complex. All right, start with ADHD impulsivity. Okay, I think most people can understand this. If you have a child who is uh, a bit more impulsive than the average bear, you may set up a routine, you may set up parameters, And what is not unusual to find is they won't pay attention to it or they will not honor it. And when you ask them why they did X, Y, or Z, they will usually say something to the effect of, I don't know. I didn't think about it. And what I would say is that is an honest answer with that Usually they don't think about it. When you are dealing with some type of impulsivity, you do you do first without thinking through, okay? So part of that doing first is maybe overriding uh, parental rules. Um, those are boundaries, right? Rules to keep the kids safe. And this is being overridden. Um, and it's, I don't believe it's being overridden just to be overridden. It's the impulsivity that's giving it that edge to step over that boundary. And so many times, and historically, it'd be like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you understand the rules? And this whole don't you think kind of thing, when it really should be, okay, my child has an impulsivity issue. And this impulsivity issue is interfering 
with setting boundaries. So what can we do about the impulsivity issues? You basically re-pivot to where the problem is. It's not just setting up more rules and more rules and more consequences and more consequences. Okay, that isn't going to fix your boundary problem. It's going to make you have a very negative child. Okay, you can, you can rule people to death. But that is not going to be the answer. When things are not working, that is because you are focusing on the wrong part of the equation. All right. So that is one example. The next is a little different. Okay. Defiance. Sometimes the boundary you are setting is being crossed by, say, a defiant child. Uh, defiant children don't general, although there's some exception, I will say there is some exception to the rule. Uh, but a lot of the times, defiance comes when power or authority has been abused. That means it's, it, it's led with a, a, a fist, a hammer, intimidation. Uh, there's an, a psychological or physical abuse pattern going on, um, well, you're going to see more defiance, okay? So that is another arena where a boundary might be violated, you know, um, with a kid, you, you say, hey, these are the rules, this is when you come in, and they, they you tell them no, and they turn on the, yes, I'm going to do that. Um, that's a defiance pattern, and those children will violate the, the rules, the boundaries, that are designed for safety and what have you. Uh, so that's another arena where, you know, if you don't get to the work on the aspect of what's causing the defiance, you could sit here and keep trying to establish a boundary. I keep setting up these boundaries and they're not working. They're not working because again, you're focused on the wrong side of the equation. And to be honest with you, the research doesn't help you. Okay, it just keeps telling you to set more boundaries and then you set more boundaries and then you set more. Okay, so you kind of see the point. I'm getting a little animated here uh, because I've only dealt with this quite a few times. And uh, anyway, so that's another arena where boundaries get violated. All right, where is another aspect of boundary violations? Well, most commonly, like I said, you'll see it in a domestically violent situation. Um, and what that, what is that? Okay, that is a person who cannot emotionally regulate. They cannot manage their anger and they intend to do harm. And they cannot regulate their impulses attached to that. Okay, that's why people have holes in their walls. The house looks like Swiss cheese. Things have uh, handprint patterns. Objects have handprint patterns in the house. Okay, that means, you know, uh, that's that, although I think as a society, we certainly have said, hey, these situations need to be addressed. This is where you could call. This is what you can do, etc. But the reality is for many people that those types of people, even if you put a piece of paper in front of them and say, you have a restraining order, a lot of those people will not respect it. Why? Because they cannot regulate their anger. They cannot regulate their impulse factor. And they cannot regulate their negative intention. Okay. So 
unfortunately, there have been a lot of women who have died in those situations. So there's a case where people try to to implement healthy boundaries and it doesn't work. Um, that doesn't mean we should stop trying to do what we're trying to do. I'm just saying until we start getting to the root of this situation and and creating some different guidelines for it, you know, uh, so many times you'd hear of anger management classes and people getting assigned anger management uh, court assigned. And one of the things that they fail to see that people who have, say, road rage, you know, they go off and, the, and they're driving and pretty much air ticks them off. And so they get assigned this anger management class. When a lot of these people have biochemical uh, rage issues, that means they need to be treated medically to manage it, okay? So aspects such as biochemistry has not needs to be addressed, okay? So you could set up all the boundaries you want and they can get bypassed if that piece is not looked at. Now I'm gonna bring in another, I would say another two disorders where boundaries are not respected in populations where it's where it's not respected. People love to talk about narcissists. That is the thing. If there is a thing of today, it is narcissists. And, you know, I agree with it to a point, but there's a lot of things that people don't understand that is more than narcissism, but looks like narcissism. All right, so let's just say narcissists kind of you know, they tend to do what they want. They don't have a lot of empathy. And for that reason, they can step over a boundary. But generally, they don't go into sociopathic spaces. They don't, they're generally not the, the, um, the violent abusers. They're more of the mental abusers, the psychological abusers uh, of putting other people down to lift themselves up, that kind of thing. Uh, so when we're looking at, uh, boundary violators, you see some with narcissists, but generally, generally for them, it's about attention. It's about visibility. It's about being in control and having some level of authority. So that's their main issue. But I'm going to talk about a personality disorder that rarely gets covered, um, and it's called borderline personality. And I'll just touch on this because it certainly warrants its own uh, podcast, so to speak. Borderline personality, there's nothing borderline about it. It's it, It's got a strange name, to be quite honest with you. Um, it's got a historical name. Um, uh, but it really, it, there's nothing borderline about it. It is, um, unfortunately, these people usually have experienced a lot of abandonment, some levels of abuse, neglect, things like that, all terrible, terrible things. Um, but the difference, and there's a subset of this population, and I'm only talking about the subset not the entire disorder as a whole 
because as we know, not everyone fits a one size fits all and I'm not gonna do that to everyone. But I will talk about the, a subset. So these people have experienced a lot of neglect and so when they're in a relationship, they may be very nervous feel very insecure, things like that, and understandably so, you know. Um, people don't deserve uh, difficult early treatment, abuse, neglect of any type, okay. But the hallmark of a category, a segment of borderline personality is they either love you and you are the best, 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 best thing. And these people can be very, very generous and very, very kind. In fact, they're quite noted for that. Okay. They're kind to animals. They're kind to everything. Okay. Until, until, until you say something that they just don't like. And then basically all hell breaks loose. Okay. Or if you, if they want to be in the relationship and you are choosing to be out of the relationship and that will be met with worse than resistance. Okay. You don't love me anymore. You are going to pay. Okay. And as I said, this is not all persons with borderline personality. This is a subset but they are worse than unruly. Um, and I'll give, you, I'll give you an example, okay? So say you go to a restaurant, just to help you spot some of these people. Um, you go to a restaurant and the food just really isn't that good. And historically, sometimes, you know, we've all been in that situation. I'm one who tends to tell the waiter to say, oh, you know, can we do something different with this? This is just not working, you know? And usually people are polite enough and it's a non-issue. Uh, not with this personality, okay? The entitlement is insane, okay? It makes narcissists look passive on the entitlement claim, okay? Not only do they not like it, okay? They are now not only going to write a bad review, they are going to have the other people that are with them all individually write a bad review. They can't just have a bad meal. They have to destroy your restaurant, okay? These are the people I'm talking about. And these are the people that clinically people don't want to work with. And it's the, and there's good reason for that because you can't give them any negative feedback because they like to destroy people if they don't get their own way. Now, everybody's worried about a sociopath, right? The guy who steals your stuff, holds you up, uh, you know, physically assaults you. These people don't do physical harm. Borderline personality, if they don't agree with you or they feel that you've done them wrong in some capacity in a relationship, say, maybe you cheated on them. I don't know. I'm just giving you an example. Okay, nobody's going to be happy about that. But these people up and up. A, a notch or two or 10, okay? Um, and how that's done is they want to discredit you socially. And what are the ways to discredit somebody socially? Uh, you just blow up their social media. You make some false accusations. It's all been done before, okay? But this is where I say borderline meets sociopaths. 
okay? But they still get the ability to say, I have borderline personality. No, actually, you have a bit of sociopathy in there, okay? Um, there are plenty of people who experience a level of neglect, uh, horrible trauma in their life, but they don't go around trying to create more trauma on other people. If anything, they get away from that, okay? But there's this subset that says, okay, my gloves are off. Not only did you get me angry, it's triggering my old stuff. And my old stuff now is going to make you pay. And I'm going to say some things on social media about you. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to call your friends. And the piece about the boundaries that I'd like to explain with borderline personality is they show up at your work. Um, they will personally use more shock value tactics. They'll call your boss. Um, but the whole idea is to be threatening and maligning without laying a finger on you. Um, do I think more needs to be done with this personality disorder? Absolutely. Uh, but everybody's afraid to do, to do it. Um, clinicians, you know, we've always been advised about these people, but there's never any tools. So they keep doing and doing and doing because nobody will hold them accountable. As I said, it's a small segment of the personality disorder. I will not say that about all borderline personalities, um, but it is a segment that's strong. There was a movie out, I want to say it's the late 80s, it was called Fatal Attraction. If you want to see a borderline personality live, that is a perfect example. Um, and what it is is... Uh, Michael Douglas has an affair and then decides he's done with it. And Glenn Close decides to show up in his life, at his house, with his kid, at school. They don't let you go away. How dare you try to leave me? Okay. It is wrath if you try to leave me. And that is the core. I will not be left. So I love you, I love you, I love you until you decide that you and I have a disagreement. And rather than constructively working through what may not may not be working or may not even be a good fit it is taken to a next level uh well i call it the exponent level okay and you can unfortunately i think some of this exists in our in um you know divorce situations um where you know, things are hurled left, right, and center, and not necessarily true. But I can assure you of one thing, they will be ugly. So the borderline personality isn't going to make uh, a minute uh, accusation. The way you spot them is a huge accusation. Um, what is the trigger? The trigger is usually some type of abandonment or feeling like they were discredited or slighted in some way. And maybe they really were. I'm not saying that it didn't happen. But what I am saying is that there's a little sociopathic behavior tied in with some of this element. Um, so if you are dating someone and feel that things are going in a different way or what have you, you shouldn't have to have your life destroyed or your work life destroyed, or anything that, you know, that, or 
as I said, the restaurant piece. You can recognize these people because they go over the top once they've been triggered into anger. They no longer see boundaries. They take all the boundaries out of the equation. So that is an example of where boundaries don't work. So at this point, I've given you a couple examples clinically where boundaries don't work. I say there's the ADHD impulsivity, although I would say that boundary is breached more out of lack of thinking things through rather than um, a, de- a, a determination uh, to violate a boundary. Uh, a defiance is more of a determination to viol- violate a, a boundary. Okay, so you see that more with oppositional defiant kind of stuff or just straight up defiance. You know, I always call them the, uh, you tell them no, they're going to do it anyway, um, people. Then you have, um, as I said, the domestically violent where the boundaries are tried to be established, but they're being overridden. Um, and now there is the borderline personality, um, who really, uh, who, who does, quite a bit of boundary violations. In fact, that tends to be the first space they go. So um, anyhow, I just thought that it's time to start talking about boundaries in a very realistic manner beyond the research. The research all sounds good, but people are going to run into these situations. And instead of thinking you are going to be setting up more and more and more and more and more boundaries, you got to deal with the core issue at its base. Okay, whatever that might be. And so um, whatever's driving that, is it impulsive? Is it, is it uh, emotional? Try to resolve the issue instead of setting up more and more and more and more boundaries. Um, I am a fan of boundaries. I think they're, they're a great concept, but people take them at a very simplistic level uh, without understanding the undercurrents. And as a practitioner, seeing it live, I see a lot of the undercurrents. So I hope that uh, you got a little different view on this terminology that we use in society quite frequently, the psychological terminology. And I will close up here. And I thank you for joining me and look forward to having you on another cast.